everybody. Welcome to another edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. It's nice to have you with us. And tonight, we're back in the water because it's been quite a busy time in KwaZulu-Natal, not least of all, the Doozy Canoe Marathon. And we're joined again by Steve Porter. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Louis. Good to be with you guys again. Lovely. So, how did it go? Yeah, we had some challenges this year. I won't lie to you. Um, we, you know, we've had we've had a, a super amount of rain down here in KZN, and it didn't uh, fail us on the doozy. It rained all three days uh, on a river that was already in flood. So, as organisers, you know, it, it threw up huge challenges. And uh, a big up to my team. You know, they had to make last minute calls, uh, making people walk around uh, major obstacles that, that were just too dangerous. So after every day, you know, the guys were, the guys uh, that put this together absolutely shattered. You know, we had to move divers with helicopters and yeah, definitely threw up a few curveballs, that's for sure. So not only was it challenging, you say, for the canoeists, but also for the organizers and the guys, the volunteers. Absolutely crazy. You know, uh, it, 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 it just, yeah, man, we, we, the guys worked really hard. Eh? But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, everyone got their safe. And so, so we, we, we deem it as a success. So let's go back and look at the race in general. Uh, give us some of the results of the highlights and the lowlights. Okay, so, yeah, man, it was, we moved the start this year um, out of Peter Marisburg to a place called Bishopstow Country Club. And uh, that was a great success, you know. Um, just with all the rain that we've had and, uh, and uh, the infrastructure that's been damaged, we deemed it necessary for the safety of the paddlers. And, uh, and it was a great success, you know. Uh, we've, had, we've had good feedback from, from the guys. And obviously, that means less people getting sick. We've had no reports. So um, we'll send out a survey. So, so that was very... And then, uh, yeah, you know, um, Andy Burkett came through and he won the race again. For, yeah, it was his 13th time. And- so, Steve, you're mentioning Andy Burkett came through as the victor again? So Andy came through as the winner again. Um, uh, he won by six minutes, I think, at the end of the day. So he really was dominant, and that was his tenth successive, uh, consecutive, uh, and thirteenth, I think, uh, in his nineteen years he's been racing this race. So yeah, he came through tops, and then uh, Mr. Mtolo came through second, who was close, close uh, behind on the second day, but unfortunately took a swim at a big, uh, at a big obstacle, a big rapid, and then David Evans came in third. So, yeah, there was top racing there. And same with the ladies. Christy McKenzie came in first with Bridget Hartley second. So it was tough racing all around on the three days. Now, this is obviously not the kind of event where you could have loads that takes place in areas that are almost impossible to get to. Yeah, most of the spectators are the seconds. You know, a huge part of this race is made up of the people that are are, are assisting you. So your seconds are, are, are down the river to assist you with a broken paddle or a broken boat or some water. But, you know, we don't have a lot of uh, spectators down there. But what was nice to see is the, 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 the locals that live down the river really took it in their stride. And they had gazebos next to the river. And they were uh, shouting all the paddlers on. And that, that I've never seen that before. And that was awesome to see. They've taken on the race. And they've decided, well, they, they're going to make it their own. And they were down there uh, supporting and really having a good time. So that was fantastic. Was the race because of the, the flooding and everything ever in doubt of taking place? It was never in doubt, uh, Louis. We were always going to have the race. You know, the, to put on this race it takes months. And all the planning had been done. Um, we knew uh, what we had to do in the event of, of the river getting 
full as it was. And, and we, we took all those precautions. The guys had a lot more running this year than they do on normal doozies. But um, we, we then skirted the, the, the big stuff that we deemed to be dangerous and we wouldn't be able to get the paddlers out. But believe you me, I paddled as well as organized this race. And uh, we got gobbled up by some big holes in that river. Some were saying that the last time it was this size was in 76. Um, so so in, in my lifetime, I've never seen it this full. So we definitely left some challenges uh, on the water for the guys. Um, and it was, a, it was a fun event, man. It must be very difficult when, when the river gets to the levels that it's got to, when you bear in mind that if you take a, a road race, for example, and guys run it year in and year out, they kind of know you know, where their points are, where their marks are. This must have made it extremely, extremely difficult. And not only difficult, it was just, and that's the doozy eh, in a nutshell, it made it a new challenge. We, we had guys that were doing, you know, 40 doozies. One uh, Lyle Wheeler did his 52nd doozy. And, you know, this was, you just said, this is a whole new race. He's never, it's like he's, he's done it for the first time. And so a new challenge for everyone. And a new challenge is going to be next year when that river drops. And uh, it's 50 days. Where are the guys on the channel through? So definitely it's uh, going to throw up a few curveballs next year. When we look uh, ahead, you obviously can never determine what, as you say, the weather conditions and everything going to be like going forward next year and the late change to the start this year are you going to keep that start uh, as you did this year yeah we'll definitely have to make make that determination uh, closer to the time because it all depends on water quality and the amount of rain as you say we've had so so we're keeping that door open but i do foresee in the in the years to come yeah we might see a slightly different doozy in certain areas but uh, be that as it may it's always going to be a challenge i think um, as being uh, the toughest canoe race in the world. And I guess you guys obviously put a lot back into the communities. And with the floods, it must be quite devastating what's gone on uh, in the area. hundred uh, percent, Louis. You know, we, we, work, we work with all the chiefs down there. We don't just arrive there with 500 canoeists and just charge down the valley. We work closely with all those uh, chiefs down there. We have a fund. Every uh, canoe race that we have down there, we have a fund that goes to, to uplifting the community and to those chiefs, um, we're looking at uh, maybe putting a deal together to put a soccer field in for the guys for next year. So, so definitely, we work closely with the Department of Sport, been a, a great assistance to us uh, over the years. We work with them. We work with Eurosteel. Um, you know, we work with the Quille, for all these sponsors that come on board. And it's not just a sponsor for the race. You know, we, we, we put back into those communities and the sponsors put back into those communities. So, yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a great working relationship we have with everyone. Now, I guess you had a day off, maybe two, and it's hard at work again. Yeah, we're back. Uh, you know, I have three companies, and so we're back, uh, we're back to the grindstone <laughs> and getting the new year kicked off. But in saying that, you know, we're very excited to sit down in the next couple of weeks with all the role players, even the other canoe clubs, um, and the uh, KwaZulu-Natal Canoe Union, Department of Sports, South African Canoe Union, and really build on this and, and take the sport to the next level when the new season starts sort of towards the end of this year. So we're very excited. We've had amazing feedback from the sponsors and the paddlers alike, uh, how much they enjoyed the race this year, and they felt they were looked after and they were safe. So for us, very exciting going forward. Steve, we spoke to Barry Hendricks from Sascock a couple of uh, weeks ago, a week and a half or so ago. 
And he was talking about a 66 million rand sponsorship coming into Sascock. Do you feel that you guys are being looked after by the organization? Or is it something that you just carry on yourself and do whatever you can do and go forward with your own sponsorship deals and so on? That trickles down to the Department of Sport. And I must tell you, the MEC, Danny and KZN and, and the guys, they've just they, they've been really good to us. you know. And we go to them with programs. And so the money does trickle down. We're always going to need the assistance of sponsorship to get keep this race going. It's an expensive race to put on. You know, it, it costs millions when you're putting helicopters in the air. It's not cheap. But at the end of the day, I think it's a, it's a, it's a team effort between government and through us going to, to private enterprise. So, no, I think, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, there's never enough money. Um, but I think, I think we have a good working relationship at this stage. When we look back at the history of the race, it obviously, the longer it goes, the more history. <laughs> okay, that sounds a bit Irish. But what I'm trying to get at is that this is something that has to continue on for your kids, grandkids, and our, you know, grandkids, grandkids. It, it's so important, you know. We, we are so blessed down here in KZN to have these great sporting events, you know, the, the Comrades and the Amashova and the Doozy. <laughs> we, are, we are very fortunate. And so... Yeah, we, we, need to, we need to protect our rivers. We need to work with everyone involved to clean these rivers. Because at the end of the day, that is what's going to determine. You know, we will always find the money and uh, private enterprise will always come in and support an event like this. But we need to, we really need to all work together to stop the Ecola levels in the rivers and, uh, and, and all the other, you know, nonsense that goes down the rivers. Because if we don't do that, unfortunately, yeah, we are, it's going to be very difficult going forward. Because at the end of the day, you cannot grow a sport where paddlers and sportsmen are getting sick. And so, yeah, we, we, we really need to, going forward, work, work hard with everyone to ensure, because that will be the death of, of, of canoeing, will be the state of our rivers, unfortunately. Clearly, it's more difficult for a sport like yours, unlike a cricket, rugby, soccer, etc., etc. The social uh, implications, the health implications are so important. So... I guess the sponsor's role is not just there on three days of racing. No, not at all. You know, they look at the bigger picture. But in saying that, the sponsors, you know, we work with FNB for when sponsor Hunter. You know, those those guys are, are willing to put into making a difference to the rivers. They really are. So, yeah, we need government to come on board um, and work with us um, and see if we can... Yeah, patch up the holes, I suppose, and get these rivers back to, to a reasonable state. What is it that creates the health hazards in the rivers? Is it human or is it just, you know, the ecology of the land? No, it's, it's all human, uh, you know, and, and at the end of the day, the, the Doozy Canoe Marathon, unfortunately, just the nature of where it runs, has always been a dirty river. You know, um, I've been on this river for 40 years. And it's, it's unfortunately, it runs through, you know, uh, built-up areas and factories. And, and it's, it's just quite difficult, just logistically, from where it runs. But I just feel that that's no excuse if we all get together. And to answer your question, yeah, it's all human, you know. It's, it's this, the sewage systems that are taking, that are really battling to cope. It's the rubbish that's thrown into the rivers and floats down. So it's the infrastructure that's not being able to, to, to keep up. So yeah, it's it's all us, and we've got to take yeah, we we've got to take responsibility and, and and fix what we've broken. So I guess people who are listening must be thinking to themselves. So then, 
Is it the responsibility of the organizers or is it the responsibility of the local government or national government to educate these people about not throwing stuff and not just the people living on the banks of the river? As you mentioned, there's industry involved as well. Shouldn't there be regulations, particularly for industry, stricter regulations for industry about what they do to the earth? 100%, Louis. You know, uh, we, we can't take on that. We, we can definitely assist. But, and, and through the year, you know, we have a couple of races on, on, on the Doozy and the Amgani and the Amzunduzi. And uh, we, we just, yeah, we, we are asked many of the times what we are doing as a, as a race body to fix the river. But the, the picture is much bigger. And, and we, we simply cannot uh, on our own take on, on, on that responsibility to, to fix the rivers. The government uh, responsibility and uh, measures have to be put in place to ensure that the river is cleaner than it is, you know, and there's not a dumping ground, and we see it as a as an easy access to everything going into the sea. So definitely, they need, you know, socks need to be pulled up, um, and and this challenge needs to be uh, faced uh, full on. Take us through the post mortem of what will happen now over the next couple of weeks and months uh, into the new, what well, I call it the new year. I mean. We're already at the end of February almost, uh, that you will do and how it will work and all the time and effort that will have to be put into it? Yeah, so we'll start now and the next week we'll sit down with the governing bodies, Canoeing South Africa and with the uh, KwaZulu-Natal Canoe Union and uh, all the clubs. You know, Our plan is to sit down and all the chairmen of the, of the local clubs here in KZN and, and really sit down and have a brainstorm of uh, how we can assist to uh, face these, all these challenges that we've got. The numbers of canoeists are down. We need to look at how we can turn that around. Economically, all sports are down at the moment, and canoeing is starting to feel it. Um, last year, we had 700 paddlers. This year, we had four, just over 400. So we need to look at that and say, how can we help you know, in getting the numbers back and help maybe with fees? And So yeah, we'll sit down now and do that. And then as a, as a doozy body, we will sit down and start doing our planning for next year shortly, um, because that's what it takes to put on a successful event like this. Steve, I guess everything sort of starts at the top and makes its way down. And the situation that we have in South Africa with load shedding, with the economy, with the cost of inflation, the cost of living, all of that obviously, I guess, is a factor that you mentioned from 700 down to 400, I guess. People just can't afford these things, which is very sad. hundred percent, Louis. You know, and you know, uh, I went and bought a pair of running shoes the other day, and it cost I don't know three thousand rand. It's, it's just, it's very difficult, you know. And, and when you start canoeing, you need a pair of running shoes, you need a five thousand rand pedal, you need a ten thousand rand canoe. So it, it is, a, you know, you need you need support from your family. You need seconds to assist you down the river on the races. Um, fuel to get to the races. Yeah, it's daunting to say the least. But in saying that, you know, we, we need to face those challenges and see how we can uh, how we can assist. Um, and if someone's wanting to get into the sport, how do we assist that person? Um, how do we supply them with maybe a club boat so that they can get going? Um, get hold of sponsors so we can get a couple of boats in and, and maybe put them at the clubs. People can come and try them out. So yeah, man, we need to face those challenges. They're there. And as a body, we need to look at them and say, man, we have those challenges. How do we get the paddlers back up to 700 and on the doozy again so people can come and enjoy this uh, amazing sport that we've got? It's interesting. You talk about the numbers, let's say 700. We spoke to uh, SA Rowing a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about that they have about 3,000 registered members. 
is, and I really mean this as playing devil's advocate here, how important is sport on the water in terms of boats and canoes and so on for South Africa? Because the numbers just seem so small in comparison to the other big sports. Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, unfortunately, canoeing is it's quite a selfish sport. Um, whereas, you know, you, you, you get to a race and, and you need, you know, you need your, your support base there to assist you. So I think it's a, it's a very different sport um, where I think every medal that is earned on the doozy by every paddler should go to their seconding team, their wife, their girlfriend, their mother, their father. Because, you know, they spend three days down that valley, chasing you down that valley. And then you, a bit like the Tour de France, I think, where nine people help you to win the medal at the end of the day. And, and they've done a, a huge amount of the work. So it is a different sport. And so we've never had the numbers that the runners and the cyclists and, you know, uh, have had. And, and that is the nature of the sport. But in saying that, I definitely think the numbers can improve. And we need to make it maybe a little bit easier uh, to get down the river and because it's a great sport so you know when you go through a rapid um, in, a, in a canoe and you're getting bounced around and you come out the bottom it's an adrenaline rush that you will not get with many other sports so we need to we need to sort of uh, allow, allow people that opportunity to to experience that because i've never and i've done lots of sports i've run comrades i've, I've cycled i've raced the roof of africa and i tell you what i always come back to paddling because it gives you such a rush when you're down that river. And also, you know, when you're canoeing down those valleys and you look up and there's eagles flying above you and you're at a place where no one else goes, no one else walks down there on the weekends and, and you just think to yourself, how magnificent. You turn to your friend, you say, look at this. How beautiful is this country? You're paddling through a valley of a thousand hills. We're tripping on the weekend. The river is flowing. It's just phenomenal. And, and to experience that, you've got to get in the river. So here's the $64 million, or in South Africa terms, the 100 billion rand question. How do you do that? Yeah, as I say, you know, I was this morning uh, on the line to Duncan, who's the Kwazulu-Natal Canoe Union uh, chairman, and uh, we were already organizing to sit down to plan our way forward and how we can get people to experience this, uh, this awesome country that we have. Uh, through a canoe and getting in the valley. So, yeah, I can't give you those answers yet. We are going to face those challenges over the next three to four months. And uh, when I speak to you the next, um, hopefully I can say to you we have an extra 100 paddlers on Doozy, and, uh, and this is what we've done to, to face those challenges. So what do these paddlers do now? I mean, what is their schedule for the rest of the year? Okay, so it actually doesn't all come to a, a standstill. Uh, Lee. What happened is the river season has two races left. In two weeks' time, next Friday is the non-stop doozy, where you paddle the whole race in one day. Starts at five o'clock at sunup in the morning, and uh, we do not assist the paddlers. There's no helicopters in the air. They take uh, take this challenge in, on their own, and they paddle from Maritzburg all the way to Durban in one day. So that's coming up now. And then we have the Ampkamas River Marathon in about three weeks' time. And then the river season is finished. It comes to an end. But uh, then we have the marathon season, which starts, which we paddle mainly on dams, and the surf ski season, which we paddle uh, in, the, in the sea down in uh, Durban and Cape Town. So the surf ski season will now kick off the winter surf ski series. So there's still lots of paddling that takes place through the whole year with the new season of rivers starting around September. Let's go back to what you mentioned about what's happening in two weeks' time, the non-stop doozy. I guess that would rank 
as an extreme sport. I mean, that's really dangerous yeah, without really, the support that you talk about. That is a, it's a tough race. I've been fortunate to do 12 of those races. And let me tell you, it's, it's a different race. I, I must admit, it's, it's, it's probably one of my favorite races I've ever done. You know, it's, you, you sometimes for two, three hours, you're on your own in that valley. There's only, you know, if you've got 400, 500 paddlers doing juicy, there's only probably 60 or 70 that take on that race. You have to be fit. You can't just arrive there and do it. You must have done the training. It, it works out at a, I've timed it exactly on, as you get over the finish, it's 100 kilometers of running and paddling, only assisted by your seconds. So it's really tough, eh? but it is the most magnificent race. You know, there's only 60, 70 of you are down the river. The valley is your own. And, uh, and it's, it's very difficult to describe. It's an extreme event to the extreme. And uh, when you cross that line at Blue Lagoon, you know you've, you've been out for a challenge. And uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's really tough. Eh? But, but you know what? A great reward at the end of the day. And I think every paddler should do one of those. How do you control who enters that race? Because, I mean, let's be honest, we as South Africans, you know, we kind of, I'm a boykey and I can do it, you know, <laughs> um, but maybe you can't. Okay, so that's quite simple. We do have two cutoffs on that race. You don't get to those cutoffs, one in the morning and one in the dam by three o'clock uh, in the afternoon. If you don't get to those cutoffs, we pull you off the river. So, yeah, you can, you're more than welcome. The first one is, I think, 9.30 in the morning if you don't get to that first cutoff. We, we do manage it. We do control it. Um, and in saying that it's self-assisted, yeah, I mean, we, we do have uh, members of our team down and they do take control of the race. It's a, you know, you have to be a registered paddler to be able to do it. You can't just arrive there and do it. So, yeah, man, we do have those safety measures in place to, to make sure that the qualified members take part. And then I guess once again, the unsung heroes, you must have volunteers who go down there and do the best that they can to assist? 100%. You know, we still have an ambulance down there. We still have personnel. So it's not like the But, uh, yeah, uh, it is not like the doozy. There are no water points. You know, doozy, there are three water points per day to keep everyone hydrated. There's none of that on nonstop. You know, you really have to look after yourself down that whole river. Um, and it's understood. But I, I guess that's part of the challenge. You know, it's like the, the chap that started this race and it took them seven days. You know, they were completely unassisted. Um, yeah. and they had snake bites and took all their own food with them and uh, you know Ian Player and, and the guys so we sort of kind of wanted to put on something that gets back to that that it's you and your partner and your canoe and uh, your seconds and, and you need to take everything with you in order to uh, to make it a success and get to safe. And having lived uh, down that area for a couple of years more than that as we get into March the humidity levels get higher and higher don't they? They do, you know. Um, in saying that, you know, it was really nice on Doozy. We had exceptional conditions. Probably the, the best. For those that missed this Doozy, missed a Doozy that everyone's going to be talking about for years. We had huge river, overcast conditions. Um, it was just phenomenal. But come to the nonstop and we get down there and, you know, I paddle one where I think you got to 48 degrees at, at uh at an end of dam where, where you just don't want to get off your, your short rest on your chair, having some water and maybe a bit of lunch. Um, it's it's, it's, it's a, a very different monster this time of the year. And I know this is a podcast without cameras, but I can see you. Why are you dressed like it's the middle of winter? It's raining here in KZN. In, in, again? In Maritzburg, it's raining again and it's cold. Yesterday was cold. It was, I think, 14 degrees. 
And today we wake up and it's cold again. So, yeah, I am uh, dressed uh, warmly. And uh, hopefully, we've told over the next three or four days, it's going to get warm. And then we see this huge uh, low coming over Madagascar with a cyclone. So things don't look good for next week, but we'll take it on the chin. It's going to make the river even more difficult and even higher. It will, uh, Louis. And, you know, we, we we have cut all the paths and everyone that does the nonstop or, or, or 98% of them have done the doozy. So all the paths will still be cut. They'll all know which rapids they need to walk around. So I, th- I think it's safe to say that uh, from the doozy, the guys will, will get down pretty safely. And it's more the competent paddlers that take on that race. Um, you know, it's very few that are going to wake up and say, well, we'll give this a, a, a bash and not have the competency to stay in your boat. If you can't stay in your boat, you're just not going to make the, the non-stop duty. So uh, I like to think that uh, it's more the competent guys that will be on the river. Steve, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and we most certainly will catch up with you again in the next couple of months. The 2023 Doozy Canoe Marathon done and dusted for another year as is tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. As always, be nice to each other. Bye-bye.